0: How's it going, man? Oh, I can't complain. It's been busy. You know how the end of the season goes. I know. Dude. I uh, saw you just got back from our race, right? Where you, you were? You in Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Are, you, are you? Where are you based out of now? Are you in Colorado? Yeah, in Boulder. Boulder. Yeah. Okay. So, right, you know, cool. we moved. My girlfriend and I moved here in uh, July of 2020. Okay. Awesome, dude. And how's it? That's been going well.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's like most of the days are sunny when you wake up and. I I like I miss Michigan. It's where I like where I grew up. I miss it a lot. Um, But then for training, it's kind of really nice to wake up and have sun and have mountains. And
0: for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to get into that, dude. Especially being in Colorado, you have like the road. You got the mountain bike. I mean, yeah. I want to eventually. I want to talk to you about cross. Um, I know you haven't. I don't think you've raced any cross, but I'm curious if you have any future plans to maybe dabble in it. Um. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so yeah
0: so dude yeah um thank you for being here um i kind of wanted to we're, we're just kind of like jump right into it you know yeah. um so yeah a little bit well let me get this is it alexei Vermulen? i want to make sure you're i'm saying your name right
1: um alexi if you can alexi
0: and then Vermulen, yep for sure sweet dude yeah alexi yeah. um so yeah man a little bit about you and i'll let you i want to hear about like some of your favorite results but you raced internationally uh as a junior um You've won the U.S. National Champs, actually, as a junior. Um, and you rose up, raced, raced in the World Tour. You were for Lotto Jumbo. Now Lotto now Jumbo Vismo the name of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you podiumed the U.S. National Championships in the Time Trial and the Road Race. And now you've raced Lead Leadville, Iceman Cometh, which you actually won, 2019. And now you've been doing the Epic Ride Series and some gravel races. Um, so, dude, like... A little bit of everything, and like you're yeah. at the pointy end of everything. Um, do you have a specific result that you're kind of most proud of, like this year or ever? I guess ever, dude. Well, why don't we talk this year and then maybe ever, both? Um, yeah,
1: I don't know. That's that's a good question. Uh, I, this year, probably the the more va- most validating result for me was that fourth at U.S. Pro Nets. Um I think it was because I was doing something I needed to prove to myself that I could still do even though I wasn't I didn't really want to go back to the road but I do miss it sometimes right and yeah. I love this racing all out um and that's just what that race became in Knoxville um was racing all out in the heat and humidity and giving it all you had um, ever um I'd probably have to go back and I don't even know the name of it but my first one of my first Kermes wins when I was a junior um, so I like for those who don't know, like that's kind of like a crit, but a little longer laps. Usually like five to eight kilometer laps. And if you're not at the front, you're at the back. It is all out the whole day. Very mean European juniors with very sharp elbows. <laughs> um, and the first race I did with the, I guess it was the national team. We were all riding riding a trade team kit. Was uh, we all got obliterated, like six 10k into this race like ridden off the wheels um and it's it's more you have to learn how to race it like there's no tack there's no tactics in terms of oh i'm gonna wait here and save energy and like play around um and three weeks later i was able to win one and i just remember being like holy crap this is like that was real that was fun um i should go look up the name of it but yeah kind of that whole progression like that was where I saw the most progression on the road from when I was, I guess, 16 after I won nationals to, um, 18, uh, signing a BMC development team. Uh, I was just able to like, you used to have a pipeline, you know, like, Hey, you have results in near your, near your home then you go race nationally. Then maybe you go to original camp then national camp. So, so, so um, all the way up to world championships. And I like really like try to check tech, check, check that off. And that was like, I feel like the most progressive time that I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this situation and at the same time. Everyone else is doing, you know, what, what we're supposed to be doing at that time, you know? And I was still doing that, you know, like high school and, and, uh, all these other little things, but also being like, Oh my God, like this might, I could, I could make this a career. Maybe this could be like what I do. Um, but yeah. So that was, that was kind of, I, I don't know if I could pick one race, but if I had to,
0: probably one of those Kermesses. Gotcha. So that, that specific Kermess then, that was kind of like the moment where you are like, I can, was that like the, 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 shiny moment?
1: Not the moment that I could do this The moment that I realized that I deserved to be where I was like nationals is a one day race. Um, and I've yeah. always been the first person to say that um, any amount of talent, really, really like I was Lucky's a, a hard term, right? Cause we all worked hard, but, I was lucky to make it to the world tour. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are as strong as I am and it comes down to mental strength at the hardest times. Um, but yeah, I think that was one of the moments where I was like, I actually enjoy this. Like I enjoy living. I enjoyed living in Europe. Um, I have heritage there. I saw a family there. I enjoyed that all out, leave nothing back racing. Um, I've never been a fan of like the, Oh, okay. We're going to just sit here and wait for the sprint kind of, kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, that was like one of the moments where I just like it it hit me that everything I'd done growing up was was awesome. But this this is what was the real type of racing in Europe. And maybe this fit me really well. And I really enjoyed it.
0: That's awesome, dude. So in that three week period where you went from like getting blown out the back to then winning, like was there anything specifically? Was it just like, okay, like positioning or was it kind of a combination of everything? Yeah, I think it was like
1: it's a combination of everything, but it was a mindset of I deserve to be here. You had to convince yourself you deserve to be there because For when sure. somebody that first push at any moment, when somebody pushed you or elbowed you or like took your position, it was over the rest of the race. You were moving backward. Yep. Um, and that might like be simplifying it, but yeah, like you had, you had to assert that you deserve to be there. Um, and then also have, have the legs stay there.
0: A hundred percent, man. Yeah, dude. Um, that's, that's super interesting. So, in regards to then coming up as a junior man, did you like you 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 hit on it? Like it's hard work, like there's there's some luck in there for sure, like dedication, like dealing with the lows and then like getting back to the highs. Did you have um like a a coach or like some mentor that was like helping you or some other cyclists that you look up to that like along the way that were kind of guiding you?
1: Yeah, when I was wait, I think quick just 14 years old racing age 15. My birth is in December. So I prefaced that with oops. I was older than I was older than I was. Um, I, my parents got me a coach named, I still work with him to this day. And name's Lucas wall. Um, he is from Wisconsin, grew up ski racing, lived in my town. Um, and I really like people always ask me like, Oh, like what kind of workouts did you do back then? he really just held me back and convinced me that it was okay to go to cross country. It was okay to go play soccer. It was okay to do anything else. You know, his, I think role was finding the balance that is hard at that age. um, Because you do think that like go, go, go is going to get you there quickest. Um, Which as we get older, I think we can all agree that like cycling is probably one of the biggest build sports in the entire world. Like just year after year, after year, after year. I mean, I, I, you can have a bad year where you're like, that was the most horrendous thing in the entire world. And then you go look at it and you still went up 3%. Yeah. Like it's, and that to me is like very hard to show someone who's 15 or 16 and just wants to be there like right now. Um, but yeah, he was, he was there from the beginning. My parents were also always really there. And like, I just, I played, Soccer, I dropped in soccer and ice hockey. I dropped in ninth grade. Uh, I ran cross country all the way through high school, which was actually for me, like really, really awesome. I just like kind of fit the opposite season of cycling. You know, I kind of missed the beginning of cross country, but I was able to come back and like have a team and like get to realize that like what I was doing was not only like special, um, uh, but also that I didn't need to do it all the time for it to, like, it didn't need to be my identity. Like I can for enjoy sure. it. I can do it and I can come back and we can talk about, Oh, Alexi, you've been gone racing in Europe for the first month. And then after that, all it was was, Hey, regionals is coming up. Hey, States is coming up. Like it brings it down to that level. Um, and then Lucas being there, like as, as a coach, just kind of talking through it, you know, I think sometimes asking the hypothetical questions that I needed to be asked, just like, Oh, Hey, like, do you, do you think? do you think you did everything you could this year on the bike? Or do you think you need to do more like kind of figuring out where my head was as a 15 year old. And, you know, when you have success, I think that's even easier, even in, even in a niche, because in a niche sport, you're like, everyone's around you all the time when you, when you're doing well, like it's, yep. it's easy, right? If you're, if you're like kind of good at football in high school, like, great, enjoy it. Like it's not going to change or anything. Maybe some, maybe someone's really good, but like, Cycling, if you're good, you're probably the one who's – unless you're in California or Colorado, you're probably the only one who's really good in your area. And then it's like it's it's really finding that line between like, okay, you don't need training partners. Like find a way to cross-train and find fitness different ways while holding on to like true mental sanity and learning how to compartmentalize your training.
0: For sure, man. So were yeah. you then – was there i – I'm sure you were riding the mountain bike then too. You are on the road. Were Not you really. Oh no, not really.
1: I, I had a mountain bike. Come, I had a, so we can get into this a little more, like with, just with training. But I had a at that time I had a single speed mountain bike. Okay. And when I signed with BMC, I got a uh, a hardtail mountain bike. But I I didn't grow up mountain bike racing. I, I loved riding that. it, but yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah. So I, I we're jumping ahead here, but so then. No. In, in the mountain biking, then, do you, okay, so then you're on BMC, you get the hardtail. Are you then doing, are you doing, because BMC, you were primarily that was road, right? Yeah, it was the development. Okay. Yeah. So were you doing, like, for fun, any mountain bike riding then?
1: Oh, uh, for training. Like, I for grew training? up riding training in Michigan. That's one thing I actually loved. Like, the whole, I talk about the cross-training side of it. That was the way that I kept myself, like, dialed in. Um, I would ride completely, like, all the way through the winter like boots, gloves, whatever you want to say, whatever we had to do to ride through the winter. Um, and at some day, there's some days where that was just, you know, get outside and ride for an hour to your face freezes and go home. For sure. Um, it was a reminder that not everything had to feel all out to make progression, you know, and then yep. you supplement with play some hockey, some hockey on the lake or go ski or do anything else. Um, so yeah. So at first that was, that was the reason I got the bike. I was like, I, road bikes, can't, there's, there's a very small time period where you could ride a road bike in the snow and, uh, and the mountain bike maybe made, made that time period get further and further. And I was able to ride through more, more harsh conditions, um, and have more fun. Um, I didn't ride high school mountain biking, like in, in high school mountain biking, because that was, that was the cross country season. So everything coincided. And I was just, that was my, even for myself at that time, I remember thinking like, yeah, I could, but this is, I actually would rather run right now. I'd rather do something different. For sure. um, so I, I didn't, when I got that mountain bike was the first time I started kind of riding around in the winter. I enjoyed it. Right. I'd always like gone on local trails with friends and stuff. And I got into mountain biking early, but then road had been everything I had done. Um, and then eventually that was when I kind of started like in the off season doing ice, man, like 2013, 14, 15, 16. Okay. I kind of just was like, Oh, like, this is a fun way to start the season back off. Like I'd finish, you know, beginning of November or like mid October and then take three weeks off and then start the season back with Iceman. man. Like who doesn't like to start with 180 heart rate for
0: two hours? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude. So, Oh man. Um, yeah. Again, we're going to jump all over the place here. Are you an yeah. Iceman? Are you going to do it in a couple of weeks? I am. Okay, sweet. Are yeah. you doing Belgium Waffle Ride in... Kansas? Yeah.
1: No, I, I'm i going to do a... Supporting a race in Michigan two weeks before Iceman. So okay. there's that week in between. like It's the same thing with Big Sugar this weekend in Bill. It's just like, it's hard to... You got to pick. You're either going to gravel or you're going to, you're going to a race like Iceman. Like Iceman's vicious, man. It's just full on VO two, you know? So, well,
0: what, what about you putting you on the spot here, man? If you had to choose, if there's a weekend with a mountain bike race and a gravel race, do you lean depends on you the life? race? You yeah, gotta, you bet. gotta pick one yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, like
1: this, this <laughs> is the thing nowadays. It can so hard. Like if you say, you know, you have a, I don't know, um, an unbound and a mountain bike race. The athlete part of me is like, dude, let's go do a school race, mountain bikes. Um, but that's not always the best case. And I like truthfully believe like, first off, you know, as companies would rather me go to unbound, but then also like as a, as an athlete who's trying to like make an impact on community. I also think that's where, that's why I would go to unbound, you know, like it's trying to find that, that silver lining um, and everything. So there's going to be a lot of race weekends that are, doubled up and you got to make decisions
0: next year so for sure yeah, so are you already looking at your calendar like you don't have to give anything away yeah I mean, you don't know yeah. Do you know no i mean i have it all planned out
1: i mean, all planned out no i'm gonna pull it up and see if i can um i mean i think the big thing is like i'll so i'll start off in in tucson with 24 hour i love doing that just with friends uh old pueblo 24 hour for sure and then um kind of meander i'm trying to Decide like the first contradiction comes right off the bat uh, with Whiskey 50 uh, from Epic Rides and Belgian Waffle Ride San Diego, Um, which probably won't even be a decision of mine. I'll probably go to Belgian Waffle Ride. Um, Then you got Grand Junction, middle of May, you got Unbound, probably go back to GoPro Mountain Games. Um, Late June, you have Epic Rides Carson City, but also. I don't know when road nets are yet, so that's a big question. Got yeah, Tusher and the Crusher, Leadville, Kalmgren Forty, Belgian Wolf Red, Utah, Barrier Bay, Australia's off road, Nice Man. And I'm sure a lot more in there. But
0: that's amazing, it's, dude. That's, yeah, that's like the calendar. Uh, that's like what everyone wants to do. Like that just sounds like so much fun. You know, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> it's it's a massive mix, but I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. What about um? So in that, let's let's jump to that season then. What do you do then? For your training, like, are you jump, I'm saying like bike wise, are you jumping around between like some road bike stuff, some gravel bike stuff, or are you primarily on the road? Like, what does that, that combination look like?
1: Yeah. Like, I I feel like it is, it's, it'd be great if you're like, Oh, this section's going to be gravel and this section's going to be road. It's never like that. Um, I feel like that harshest feelings are always like, I mean, this past weekend, like I hadn't really raced a mountain bike on single track in quite a while. And I felt it in the beginning. Um, but for the most part, you know, once you get position styled in, which we all know is the hardest part of riding three different bikes with different geometries, um, it's just kind of the mindset for how it races like mountain bike race is always going to be like hot off the start, you know, um, a road race is always going to have, you're always going to have to have multiple plans. You're going to have to have plan A, plan B, plan C, and probably three more contingencies. Um a gravel race, you know, it depends on the race. It's like, are you, how far are you under biking it? Are you, where are you leaving room? Where are you not? Like there's tactics, but in a different way, in my opinion, like how are you eating? How are you drinking? Where are you stopping? Where are you not? Where like all those things go into gravel rates, especially to get longer. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's always differences, but I feel like it's, it's mainly just, that's what I have had to learn over the years is how to like plan and compartmentalize that into like, Oh, Hey, I'm going, to this place, I'm gonna ship my bike with everything I need there so I don't have to deal with it. You know, then now I'm going here. And then like so I ship my bike for Bentonville and for the race in Michigan I'm doing this weekend three weeks ago to both places. And just like, you know, it's it's sometimes you always sometimes forget things and you gotta fix little things, but like, you know, every all the food I'm gonna need is going there. All the food I'm gonna need is going here. All the bottles I need is going there. Like so that all you have to travel with is like specific things. Like that yep. you need, right? Like helmet, shoes, other things. The rest of it should all be there. And if not, you deal with that when you get there.
0: For sure, dude. And especially, yeah. dude. And then also that kind of makes it easier in the training, right? Because if your bikes are gone for three weeks, you probably only have a few bikes in the garage. And you're like, this is what I'm going to ride today.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, it's just, it's a lot of travel. And it's just, it's more just figuring out. I mean, everyone wants to do that schedule, but you get uh five races in and you're like, I don't want to do the schedule anymore sometimes. I know. You know it's It's a lot.
0: For sure, dude. People don't understand that, man. Like I'm saying, personally, I'm, I'm not on that level at you at all. But I'm saying I did. I raced cyclocross, and I was in yeah. Rochester, in New York, and I was in Baltimore. And I'm saying these are just like small races, but that travel, I, dude. Uh, they're a, not that small because you know, I know them. But they they still. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. But um, the the races they wear you down, man. Just getting yeah. in the car and doing all this, and um, yeah. and I mean, and do you consider yourself? Are you like, would you consider yourself a privateer program? Is that what? Yeah. Like, okay.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I've, I've always wondered with that, but yeah, I, I do.
0: Yeah. And so you're doing all this stuff, man. Like, you're you're planning all your stuff. You're getting the bikes there. You're shipping the bikes. Like, there's all those things people don't consider that wears you down. All that extra fatigue off the bike, you know?
1: Yeah. I was, um, I was just I was just on Payson's podcast and I was talking about this, and it's like it's funny. There, I moving from the road, moving from like of Yumbo or BMC, where everything is taken care of and then learning like the big things we can, you can all note. Hey, my flights aren't going to be booked for me. Hey, I'm not going to be up from the airport. You know, little things where you're like, I just got to Airbnb without a, without a car. And I want lunch. Like, you know, like little things that you don't aren't used to. like, I guess life's getting easier in that sense with, Oh, we have delivery and all these other things now. But um, yeah, it's it, all those things add up. And I think people sometimes just, think about the race as the only thing they're going for um but i mean i i I am a list maker but i I, it's constant lists and where things are going and how things are doing and it's it's all on your own and i i kind of really enjoy that but it's definitely taxing along with the bike riding and it's figuring out like what you're doing and that's why i'm always impressed people who like like i get to do this as my only job people who do both i'm unbelievably impressed by because they're balancing a job they're balancing everything else and they're still getting to the races and sometimes kicking other people's asses you know like that's that's the cool part to me
0: for sure yeah um, yeah
1: yeah. and i also um, think not that not this, just to jump through but I, I think it's really funny that everyone's like oh privateering's new i think cross started privateering how long ago a decade ago like oh yeah it's been it's, around yeah
0: for sure man for sure man i'm thinking of like you got like Jeremy Powers doing his own thing, you know, like yeah. he was on Cannondale Cyclocross World. But after that, like, yeah, he was he was doing his own thing. Um, dude, I wanted. So being a list maker, like you seem very, very methodical. I wanted to talk about Unbound because this is actually I feel like it's a very straightforward question, but I've asked several athletes this and I've gotten answers all over the board. When it comes to nutrition for Unbound, how dialed in were you? Were you like, I know exactly how many carbs in our whatever one through five?
1: Everything I'm trying Everything. to see if I can find. Okay. Oh yeah,
0: because it's crazy, dude. Because I've talked to people and they were like, "Oh, I just decided to stop." Like these are people going for the win. We're like, i just kind of hit the water stops when they were there, hit the rest stops." I was like, "Dude, that blows my mind."
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll just lay it out. I don't mind hiding the stuff. Um, I ride with Infinite, so Infinite's almost completely. Um, they make custom blends. I think my blend for Unbound because it's going to be so long was three uh, hundred and twenty-some calories. Um. And so my goal, I was kind of viewing it as different chunks based on feed zones. So from the start to feed zone one was about two and a half hours, depending on how fast we went. And I wanted to finish two 27 ounce bottles, which would give me 640 calories and finish the two liters of water I had in my back. No, sorry. I started with one liter, one liter of water. I started in my back. So by that point you say, okay, I might be a little bit, uh, over what I needed. But if anything, that's probably good early on because, you know, your body just can't metabolize everything later in a race like that. Um, going from feed zone one to, uh, there was from feed zone one to a neutral feed. Um, I did the same thing, but I drank, you know, two 27 ounce bottles with 330, 320 calories each and a full two liters of water. Got to the neutral feed. I had two packets of like normal non-custom infinite that I put into bottles. So we refilled. So that was only 600 calories coming out of there, and a liter of water. Then the last feed zone, the same thing as the first: two full 27 ounce bottles and a full two liter
0: pack. Um, are you are you doing any gels or anything or anything? Any like like? Yeah. So or? I did.
1: I did 28 something in calories through drink. And I did 700 calories through like real food, gotcha. rice, cakes, gels. I think I had like maybe two gels, not a big, in a race like that, I'm not a big fan of like, I'm, I really enjoy real food.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, it's just like, it's finding that line for what works for you. Like, you know, in a mountain bike race, you can't eat real food. You're not going to sit up and like eat yeah. something. Um, but it's interesting. And I think if people like, obviously you probably tell people this all the day, all the time, but like if you aren't planning out your nutrition, in my mind you're kind of throwing away a week of training going in like it doesn't man. yeah like this is i still have this and it's just interesting but like this is my nutrition for my parents who fed me at road nationals and it's just like see if i can i even send you a picture of this but it's like it's everything lined out lap by oh lap gosh. what yeah, i want yeah, yeah. like and so it says like you know lap one lap two what i'm starting with and then lap three is the first time we could get bottles of water and then lap four i want 330 calories and lap six i want 200 calories and going on to lap 12, I need caffeine. And then, you know, lap 13, I want a Coke unless I ask for water. Like it's just, it's you have to know what you want because otherwise if you just get what you get, then you get water for six laps. And then what happens?
0: Yeah. Exactly, man. So do, do you, then, is this like something that you've developed? Like, did you start off like this? Like I'm saying like, or I'm sure like you've had coaches and other athletes and stuff and teammates that were kind of yeah. like giving you ideas <laughs> Um, so two questions there. I'd like to know, like the evolution of the nutrition and then do you find, cause I know I'm, I'm the same way as you do. I have to be very methodical and I find that gives me peace going into the race, you know, that mm-hmm. puts me in a good headspace. Yep. Do you, do you need that? Like to kind of like, as like, Hey, I'm good. I know all I gotta do is show up on race day and I'm good to go.
1: Yeah. Um, so the evolution part, I mean, I think it really changed and I was lucky with what I did, but you know, it started with like the first chance I got to experience, like the regional development camp with USA cycling. It was something my parents invested in when I was younger. And um for me it was the first time I remember taking like I still have the notes somewhere. Just like pages, like not even like at that age, you don't even know how to take notes like high school, right? So you're just like take you're writing down everything you they, that they're saying, like everything. It just it doesn't when you go read it back, you're like, okay, I could have just written a third of this, but that's fine. Um but like I think it started there and then as you get further into cycling you learn like people tell you things to eat. And also cycling nutrition or nutrition in general moves forward and you have more than just gels and more than just uh, cliff bars and different things. Um, but I think like getting onto BMC was the first time I ever like met with a nutritionist and kind of had that conversation. Um, I want to preface that with like, I'm not the biggest hand nutritionists. I've wor- talked and worked with three or four and every one of them has their, like their own secret way to do it. And I feel like that sometimes to me is like for someone who's young and doesn't have that like different thoughts that already set precedence in their mind for what does work for them and what doesn't. Um, When someone like very confidently tells you, this is the one way to do it. I don't agree with that. Um, I feel like their job is to to change something sometimes. Um, But yeah, so as I started having I started learning more about different ideas and different ways to look at things, you know, like you talk about before amp lotion was around, we were, you know, lactic buffering with baking soda, you know, before, um, and then around that time, you know, learning how to do, learning how to make sure you're eating correctly and drinking correctly. It's easier on the road, right? If somebody's handing you bottles, you're getting what you're getting. And that was it. Like pretty much I'd go to the BMC car and I'd say, Hey, I want mix or Hey, I want water. There wasn't much more thought process behind that. Otherwise, you know, just making sure you are eating and drinking. And then as you get into yumbo, like learning different things and learning, you know, like more scientific ways of, of, uh, getting your body into the best place it can be, you know, whether that's limiting fiber in different places or doing like high protein, uh, high protein rides or things like that. Right. That I never really worked for me because I wasn't looking to lose weight, but things that like make your body more efficient on a bike and like make you need less. Um, and then I think getting to a point at a privateer where I got to finally be in complete control. I wasn't relying on anybody and figuring out really what worked for me, really what I could do going to a, to a town, to an Airbnb that doesn't have anything, like how much are you actually going to buy when you get there? Right. Um, there's certain things that you're like, okay, I need salt. I need olive oil. I need eggs. I need rice. But like, what else do I need beyond that? Um, and then, yeah. And then finding the balance behind that, like, okay, my family's here. I want to go out and eat dinner. I'm going to go out and eat dinner. Like, because that's, that's the true thing for me. And that's that whole, like, back to with Lucas in the beginning, like he really taught me balance and, I feel like that is one of the reasons that I made it. And other people didn't occasionally is that you have to be able to be okay to eat a pastry to like, it's not, I don't know what to tell you. I eat eat junk food all the time, man. Like I train hard and there's times where I'm like, I'm going to be, I have these times for myself where I'm like, I'm going to be sober. I'm not going to eat candy and I'm not going to drink and all these other things. But like, other than that, I probably eat more candy than most other than most normal people. Like it's, it's something I enjoy doing. And it's like, it's, it works you know so i think it's finding that balance between your nutrition but as a as a young rider learning that like if you ever bonk you messed it up bad you know what i mean that's the big thing is that's affecting next training the next training the next training like for sure and even if it's just saying hey i want to go home after a hard ride and not feel empty like if you go home and need to raid the fridge probably could have done it better yep um and I think that's the difference between racing and training is that you can get home and know that you can just smash whatever. And in a race, when you're smashing whatever from the fridge, you're probably on the last lap.
0: Yep. hundred um, percent, dude. It, we have those yeah. conversations all the time with athletes that are like, yeah, I came home and I was starving. Or I'm like, dude, you got to It's, this is, this is part of the process, you know, like this is riding is, is, is a big part of it. Don't get me wrong, but the nutrition is just as important there, you know? Um, yeah. And people nice. don't understand yeah. How much they have to eat? You know, they 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 think that oh, I, I had a gel yeah. on a two-hour ride. Like I ate, I'm like dude, that's not enough.
1: I mean, uh, do you know
0: Riley amos is Guys, that he's, I've heard he's, the name.
1: So he's one of the most talented mountain bikers in the U.S. right now. Okay, rides for Bear Ma- Bear National Team Trek. Um, not to throw him under the bus, he's a way better mountain biker than I am. He's 19 years old. Uh, <laughs> he ate he ate two gels in the 50 mile race this weekend and blue Scott. He had a minute and a half gap on the winner blue sky high it's a reminder that no matter how focused you are and how strong you are mentally your body runs on fuel yeah same as a car and i think it's just it's a it's it's learning how to just know and you know if that's starting by setting reminders on your phone or setting reminders on your head unit great who cares like the same as as people set reminders oh i'm out of the heart rate zone i'd rather you set reminders to say you're (laughs) you need to eat um and I think it's also that, right? You can't just smash food when you decide you're hungry. Yeah. It's just a consistency. Like you don't have to eat the whole Clif bar. Take three bites. Yep. If you're going to yeah, eat the exactly. club
0: bar. Yeah. So we talk about that with cross. I coach a lot of cross racers. And mm-hmm. We talk about like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be pretty how you win. You just got to win. Right. And I'm saying like, yep. whatever it is that gets you to the finish line. If you have to have those reminders or you have to have written out on your stem or your top okay. tube, whatever, like you just got to do these things because they're important, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, um, that's that's anything. I feel like you just, you need direction and motivation and sometimes reminders.
0: For sure. Dude, this is great, man. This was, um, this was a great little nu- nutrition topic there. I wanted to talk about, we talked about this a little bit, but so in regards to, cause people always ask, you know, like if they're training for mountain bike events and they have, like, they're doing like some road races as well. Like what should that perfect combination be? You know? So like, then we, we touched on this when you're on BMC, then you go to the world tour, man. Are you still riding the mountain bike at all like a little bit or is there not time for it or it's that it doesn't fit in the plan um i didn't have one
1: like uh, bmc i was all i would say like you know seven to eight months in europe and i'd come home and spend the holidays and all that stuff most of the off season um and i ride the mountain bike lotto i didn't have that you know i came home for tour of california nationals and that was about it um So I did, like I raced Iceman both years, but it was more of still that fun thing. It wasn't something that was like all in. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I think I just, you know, you you change that by exploring a a road bike on a gravel bike. Like it's the same feeling. Um, I was living in Girona, so I didn't have like that bad weather. Um, But yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a mountain bike and I didn't ride very much in those two years. Pretty much until I decide to move to
0: mountain biking, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's fascinating. It's like, um, it's like just going back to what I said that like, people always think there's like this specific formula of like if I'm going to be good at mountain biking, it's got to be fifty percent mountain biking and twenty five percent road, and then you know like all this other stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah. no, man, that's it, it makes sense, man. You're also over there like training for road season. Like, um, it's hard. I was just talking to my coach, Brendan, the other other coach at yeah. the and we were talking about, you know, like being good at everything is really difficult. You know, like you look at those guys, like dude, yourself included like, and then you look at like Vanderpool and wild. Well, hey, yes, you know, exactly. You know, those I'm guys. Are- those. And it's just, they're the outliers, man. You guys are the outliers, you know, like it's hard. Like if you want to be good at cross, like, yeah, you can do some other things, but those guys are focused on cross racing. You know, if you want to be good at, at gravel racing, mountain bike racing, you got to focus on that stuff. It's hard to. I think diversifying yeah. is fun, but you kind of also got to, you know, uh, change your, your goals a little bit there too. Um,
1: yeah, uh, no, I think, I think that's the biggest thing is everyone's like, Oh, going back to the whole schedule. I'm just going to do everything. If you don't, you don't need to win everything, but if you're not up there in anything, then you're not doing everything. You're just, yeah. you're riding it. You may as well say you're trend doing a training program.
0: Yep. hundred percent, dude. That's a really good point. So uh, yeah. Do you do any type of, uh, strength training? Like currently or in the past?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I definitely am not someone who does it full year round. Like a lot of them, Peter Mountain bikers, like every, pretty much every single week, you know, they're getting three workouts in two workouts in. Um, I do a very strong haul from like November through to April. Um, make sure I have base. I do I go run again try to make sure all the things that we don't have as cyclists kind of continue and i I don't have super weak bones um i think mountain biking has made it a like i need i'm not trying to bulk up right no one in cycling is trying to bulk up it's trying to find that like endurance hop strength that like we need i've always been like if i gain three pounds who cares like I, i think the I think whatever you're gaining, if you're actually going to the gym and doing that stuff, is probably just going to make your 20 minute or your sprint or anything you're trying to do faster, most likely. Um, but yeah, it's, so I I think I'll usually I used to like I used to have a gym coach that I worked with in Ann Arbor in Michigan. Since I moved out to Boulder, it's been more on myself. Um, but I've also needed it less in a weird sense. Like I felt like I really lost a lot by the end of road season, and then would go back into it and needed to build back up and mountain biking kind of forces you to have a little bit of arms and have a little bit of core all year long. Cause like, I mean, you go race 50 miles of single track and you'll figure out what's weak very quickly. Um, so yeah, but I would say in the winter I do a strong bit and I do try to do like one or two throughout the year or throughout the, like throughout the weeks. Um, but also like as racing happens, um, that's the first thing to fall away for sure. Um, just cause I like stretching recovery, all that stuff. is definitely more important. I feel like, um, and my whole goal with, with the gym is to be just a more physically fit human. It's not really to be a, I'm not trying to become a sprinter. I'm not trying to change, you know, that's that first year when I went to mountain biking, that was a lot of gym. Um, just like my shoulders constantly hurt, right. And my like different little things, I lose my lower back because core wasn't strong enough. Um, but since then it's, it's been a lot more just like, how do you continue that maintenance and be strong and not overdo it? Cause it is always that balance. Like if you can't ride your bike enough because you're too sore from the gym, you're probably not doing the gym consistently enough, but it's also affecting your riding. So you have to find that line and make sure that you can like get back into it without it affecting
0: it too much negatively. For sure, dude. I think the, 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 the overall of this conversation is going to be balanced, man. It's yes, balance.
1: I, I, yeah. I will be the first one, to, because I guess that's like when I am now I'm a little less, less plugged in, but when I was like under 23, moving into the pro and I look back at juniors, then there was no balance, man. And I, like, that's what I would always, if anyone asked me any time balance, like, like everyone says, have fun. It doesn't explain anything like have fun means balance. In my opinion, have fun. That means like, Hey, go run cross country. Hey, go ride your bike. But people, when you don't help someone who hasn't experienced it, figure that out. Like, no one's forcing you off the bike. Like just, but find something else you'd rather do for a minute and go do yeah. it. Like, if you want to go play laser tag, go play laser tag. Like (laughs) no one, you want to go do go-karts, go do go-karts. Like it's finding something that you're just enjoying beyond the bike because the bike is and always will be there. But if you give yourself the the headspace, you'll probably enjoy it more.
0: And so do you still have those days now, man? Do you still have those random days when you're like, you know what? I'm just really not feeling it. I'm going to take a day or I'm going to do something different.
1: I am never for, Mondays are always an optional off day. Every single week. Like yesterday didn't ride like it's people think you're missing something. And like, if I want to go ride, I go ride an hour, 90 minutes, spin around. Um, I rarely do. I enjoy having a day to just do my own thing. Go for a walk, go for a hike. You know, I don't do any running or anything during the season, but like, just do what you do. Um, And I think it's nice mentally every week to know that's coming.
0: For sure, dude. And I think just with life, man, it's just balancing things. It's putting a day on the calendar where, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do my grocery shopping on this day, or I'm going to catch up on other things or whatever it is, you know, yeah. it, we've actually, we've transitioned for a lot of my athletes, I, we would do, we always have like two active recovery days, yeah. but we've transitioned to them being like optional off days. And like I say, go for a walk, go for a hike, go do something different, you know, yeah. um, And I, I think that's nice. A-
1: yeah. And like getting on that point, I think that's the biggest thing that people like I've had, I, I don't coach anybody, but I've had, I have a lot of people reach out obviously just because you do. And, um, when I look at a training plan and I look back at someone saying, they're asking me what they're doing wrong. Most of the time is that there's, they're doing all these workouts they've learned from different people, but there's no consistency. It's like Monday's a hard workout. And then the next weekend, like every day is a hard workout. And then the next week, at, the next week, like there's there have, if you have an off day, pick an off day, pick that day that, you know, it's coming mentally. Like you don't need to look at the days you can feel it coming. Right. And so like, that's me. And obviously things are going to change. I of one week where you travel and that week's different. That's that balance. But otherwise, like, you know, my Mondays are off or optional. My Fridays are active recoveries. That is every single week. Pretty much. Maybe you take, you take, take, say you take three weeks off for the off season and say you take two weeks off, otherwise in the middle of the season, I bet you I have 45 weeks that are like that every single week. You know, you get in Monday, Monday off or optional and then you have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday hard. I have a three-week, three-day block and then two-day block on the weekend and then back to it like every single week. And it doesn't, it's not monotonous because the workouts are still changing, but you know where you can have you time.
0: For sure. Same dude. as and normal I think, job. I think it's the same thing What I always tell my athletes too is like, just as you want to go hard on your hard days, like yes. go go hard quote unquote on your off days and take, make it an off day, you know, do something else. Don't focus on like, I should be doing more. Just like you said, you look at a lot of guys and um, just a lot of athletes in general, and it's all over the place. And it's like, they feel like they should always be doing more, always be doing more. Yep.
1: And I I think also like you you just said it, but it's, people think easy is endurance. Like the, the best way I ever described it was someone called it crystal cranks. Which means, which we we would describe as your power had to be below your heart rate, and that is exaggerating. But at the same time, if you are anywhere near your endurance zone, sorry, it's probably not your active recovery day. Like
0: people struggle with that, man. They really do.
1: And they, I'll I'll, be, I'll be like, hey, I'm going out for an easy ride, like because people obviously don't join on most of my other days. But like, hey, I'm going out for recovery day, and they get out and they want to smash. I'm like, bye, ciao, see ya. Like it's, and they don't. It's, it is a very big understanding that to, to go fast, you really have to go slow. And I know that's cliched and stupid, but like that is you have to use your easy days. Otherwise, yeah, you're still going all out on your hard days. No, no one's questioning that. But your all out is a different level than what you're capable of.
0: Dude, you, this is, Brendan always says, Brendan's the other coach at Evoke. He always says that people give him a hard time that he pays people to say certain things. And you just, you just hit it, dude. Like this is it. This is, We didn't talk about this beforehand. It's just experience.
1: Yeah, people don't understand that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I've overtrained. Everyone has. So, So I want I want to touch on this, but I want to touch on endurance riding, man. Because we did this, we did like a little open forum last night. We had some athletes ask questions and stuff. Um, and the whole point of this forum was like endurance riding, right? It's like go out and ride endurance, whatever you know, fifty-six percent to seventy-five percent FTP. Um, but for some reason, that's what people struggle with. Like the active recovery, people struggle with. Don't get me wrong, but endurance riding. People have the most questions about this. Um, What has your experience been with endurance rides? Like, is it just like, because we always stress like, you know, like limit your zone one time, you know, keep no coasting, keep pressure on the pedals basically, you know, don't go too hard, you know, stay, stay in that three zone model, keep it zone one, you know Um, what's, what's your experience endurance rides?
1: Uh, I just, I'll just kind of throw out my tricks. I, endurance is beautiful because, and we have a lot of like, I, I force in the same with my two active recovery days. I tell Lucas that if possible, every week, I want an open endurance ride. I want to be able to go anywhere the frick I want. I just want to ride my bike. Um, so like plan a route you haven't been on or like even you're doing it, do it backwards, do it differently. Like that is the day that you don't have intervals. You can ride your bike wherever. And if you get to a stoplight, you'll stop and then you'll keep going. Like it doesn't affect anything negatively. Um, and the other two are focus on what you're listening to. Like, yeah, it's easy to say on an interval day, I'm going to go listen to this because I want to just go hard. But for me, like I listen, people are going to laugh at this. I, I listen to classical music and podcasts on endurance days. Like you're not trying to go hard. You're trying to find a rhythm. You're trying to just get out and ride your bike. And it's not about getting you motivated. It's about like finding a rhythm and just being like, okay, this feels okay. Like this doesn't hurt. This doesn't, I'm not coasting. I have the motivation to continue pedaling continuously. And I think those are some of the little things that you can kind of change to make it more interesting. Right. And then if you need like set a point, Hey, I'm going to grab a coffee here. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make rice cakes so I can just enjoy this endurance ride and, you know, not eat gels. And like, I want to eat real food. Like for sure Set different things that are like, you can't eat a, like shit, bring a croissant in your back pocket. Like you can't bring a croissant in your back pocket and that works for (laughs) for an interval day. Like do it, do it on the endurance day. Like find a way for those days to be fun and enjoyable. And I mean, for me, those are, it's easy because those are the days that I can ride with people. Right. And that endurance zone is bigger than most of my other zones. Um, And there's a lot of people that like people always think this, like as a professional, I feel like a lot of, if you're really strong, our endurance zones are probably similar. Mine's probably a little bit, I'm probably, you know, my start starts a little higher and probably goes a little longer, but we can probably ride somewhere in the middle and it, it works for everybody. So like yep. your, your, your group of riding buddies can grow tenfold and like figuring out that and figuring out, you know, I'm going to get out and I'm going to have fun. And maybe someone else can do that also. And enjoying that. Is, I think that's the beauty of endurance. I, I don't hate endurance, but I, I don't, I don't love endurance, but I also don't hate it. Like it's, it's just a time thing that you need to not like, find a way to not look at the clock. That's a way to simplify it.
0: And dude, and also with that polarization there too, it's like, maybe, yeah, maybe you don't love endurance, but it makes you then love the, endure- the interval days even more. Right. Cause it's like, yes. oh, I want to go hard. I want to go hard. Then you get that, you get the next day or the next couple days or next week or whatever. Um, yeah. But one thing, dude, I do sometimes when you say ride with other people, I'm all for it. And I think it's making sure everyone in the group has the right mindset of like, Hey, this is going to be endurance, but at least a lot of athletes fall into those tricks though of like, Hey, this endurance quote unquote can now be the group ride now can be the KLM smash ride, you know? And it's, that's, that's where it's, it's not a gray area. It really is endurance. No, I'm
1: talking about make your own group chat and find two people. Like if you have more than four people, you're not doing endurance because when you're on the back, you're doing too little. Right. Um, yeah, no, and it is it's just it's just figuring that out and figuring out how you work and how your friends ride and you know it. You're on that ride and you're like I'm doing a little less. Or I'm doing a little too much. Like you know the minute it's happening. And yeah, you, maybe you're not going to change it that ride, but you can adjust it the next week.
0: Yep, for sure, dude. And you just hit two things, man. You know. That's what like that's what we always tell everyone, dude. You know when you're going too hard, yeah. man. It isn't a question mark. You know when you're feeling it and you're like I should be going a little bit less. So just dial it back. And then the other thing, dude, this is a really good point and I'm going to steal this is telling people like listen to a different don't listen to your interval pot your playlist or whatever listen to something else because for me dude i do that's my podcast day i go out i put one headphone on and i'm like i got so much i want to catch up on let's listen to this and it's a great time four hours you can get through a
1: lot of podcasts i
0: know dude i love it yeah yeah oh man um this is awesome dude i'm glad we talked about this um i wanted to talk to you about training in the cold we already talked about this a little bit but again in in this endurance chat last night people were like um how much should I be doing on Zwift? Should I be going outside? Like, do you, do you, do you ride on Zwift at all? Or are you primarily just going to go outside? I have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'll just, maybe this isn't exactly what you're looking for, but on days that I had to get it done, I got it done, but I got it done to the minimum. I had to Right, I'd get on, I'd do three and a half hours on Zwift and I get off and it sucks. Um, there's a lot of things that make Swift not real life. And I think you as a coach understand this, but like if you do three and a half hours on Swift, you're doing more like four, four and a half. Pedal. Like you, there's no coaching. There's no anything. It is direct power. You're not moving. Your body is almost not as healthy sometimes because you're not getting up. You're not, you're just sitting in one position all day, probably not eating or drinking correctly because you know the fridge is right there. You're not going to bonk. And I don't know, like when it's, it is it is. <sighs> 10 times better than, when I was a junior. And you like got on the normal roller with your back tire and you did an hour and you're like, that was not useful at all. Um, <laughs> but given, and, and I say this with a pro from, from a privileged place, sometimes like, yes, I, I don't think it's oh it's as effective to do it on Zwift. Um, that being said, you also have to invest early on in wanting to go outside. You can't decide, the morning of that you want to go outside. You need to have the right clothing. You need to have the right gloves. You need to be prepared to go right outside. Because that's the other thing is if if you invest in a Zwift setup and that was your investment, then that's it. And you have to kind of commit to that. Whether that is you can do an hour and then get off and then do an hour and then get off. Or like whether it's two hours and get off. Like you do have to invest to ride right outside i think that's the one difference people are like oh i can just use what i have like it's not light warmer territory man it's tights it's thick tights like thick tights and thermal jackets and multiple pairs of gloves because you're gonna sweat through one and nice booties and possibly winter riding boots depending on where you live like it's knowing and then having a bike you're willing to just trash and ride a little bit
0: yeah
1: so i I've, i i ride outside but i've I, I invested in it. Like I bought those winter riding boots when I was younger, like 500 yeah. bucks, they were a shit ton of money. But I was like, this is going to make me enjoy this more because otherwise you're like, I have no, like no toes.
0: Dude, a hundred percent, man. And I think it's enjoying it. It's like, if, yes. you, if you're not, if you're going to get out there and you're not going to enjoy it, then ride on Zwift, you know, yeah, or, or exactly. do something else, do some, whatever cross country skiing, do some cross training, you know? Um, But yeah, that's basically what we touched on last night was like, it is a great tool. We all agree on that, but it, it isn't like the answer, you know, sometimes you gotta like if but again, like, just like you said, if you can, it's investing in the gloves and all the gear Mm -hmm. that goes around with getting outside. Cause. And the minute you do,
1: you see it, you see it works. Like you're like, Oh my God, this, this $100 pair of gloves is more than two times better than the 50 pair of gloves.
0: Yep. Yep. For sure. Oh yeah, man. Um, and look outside
1: the industry, look outside the industry. That's been my key. like, carhartt makes a great insulated vest okay like and it's cheaper than buying some vest from asos or Castelli or rafa So, like be willing to look outside the industry and obviously there's things that like you can't wear a super heavy snowboarding jacket but once you have your thermal jacket like what are those other layers that you could use or like probably snowboarding gloves work just as well as or sorry skiing gloves or work just as well as anything else you're going to buy
0: we talk like, about all the time, dude, the layers, your layers don't always have to be cycling specific. You know, you can yep. sneak some other stuff on there Yeah, Some stuff isn't going to wick sweat as well, but you can get away with what you have, you know? Yeah. And you just, you probably shouldn't be sweating that much if you're
1: dressing correctly. It's figuring yeah. that
0: out. Exactly. That's one thing we touched on last night was yeah. if you're going, you should start off a little bit cool. You shouldn't start off sweaty. That means you overdressed.
1: Yep, exactly. No, you have to be cold in the door.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, dude, I wanted to talk equipment, man, um, just because you're racing yeah. all over. You, you got the gravel bike. you got the mountain bike. you um, got the road bike. Have you found – I feel like gravel is like this new frontier, right, with like yes. are they going to do dropper, dropper posts? Are they going to do front suspension? What are they going to do? Do you – what, what are your feelings on all that? Do you think there's a place in gravel for that or maybe for specific races? Specific
1: races that I don't do? Um, I think that stuff is really cool. From the adventure side. I mean, I already ride my mountain bike on some mountain bike trails. Like, yeah. um I see mountain bike on mountain bike trails? My gravel bike on mountain bike gravel trails. Bike. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it is figuring out what you want to try to do, right? Like, I have one bike set up that I know, like, you know, you can throw bags on there, you can put bigger tires on, and you can just go rip around and have fun. Um, there's off the side of it, it's just just racing side. And like I think it's it's figuring out what you want to do because most people aren't trying to do both. And then if you do want to do both, knowing what you have to change to get the bike ready and slammed down and ready to go. And usually, to me, that's tires, gearing, and bags. Other than that, the bike can basically be the same, in my opinion. Like if you're changing your stem and your bars, you're probably doing it wrong. The position is yeah. probably not great anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think that industry opening up is actually really cool. Um, I mean, I, I grew up ra- riding on dirt roads because that was all my parents let me ride on on the road bike because there was less cars. Yeah. Um, like I physically wasn't allowed to until I was older. Um, and, you know, I, as everyone knows and everyone talks about it, everyone's like, oh, I rode gravel for gravel a thing. Like, yes, you can do it on 23s. It's just not as fun. Yeah. Like no one loves to sp- nailing a pothole on box rims in 23s. It's not fun. There's no, <laughs> there's no fun involved in that. You think you broke both your wrists and both your shoulders in one go. Um, But yeah, so I think like as things evolve and we decide, and like a lot of people moving into the industry right now aren't racing. They aren't trying to race. So something like that with a massive gear, with massive gear ratio options. And um, even if it's heavy, is going to be more fun for them because they want to bring all the food they want to bring. They want to bring extra water. They want to bring all these different things. So, it's figuring out what, what you want to do and then setting setting your equipment, equipment up.
0: For sure, Might dude. That. I just thought of something, man. I, I didn't have this in my notes, but I want to ask you this, see if you have an yeah. opinion. Dude, the UCI now getting involved in gravel. Do you, do you have an opinion or a stance on that? Or
1: I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much about it, but as of this moment, I will, those races are not on my schedule, and they're purposely not on my schedule. I... Like gravel to me, like this is very much coming from a privateer standpoint, but it is, and it's it's cliched, but it is a a community. Everybody gets together and has a great time, and there isn't. It's not European racing. The U.S. has never been the same as Europe, no matter how hard we've tried, and that is honestly really cool to me. And being able to hold on to that is awesome. And seeing the UCI, just as U.S. cycling has in the past, try to come in and just kind of change something for the better even if it's already doing well um yeah like i I just i've always been of the to like if something's not broke don't fix it yep and that's kind of what i feel like with gravel right now is yeah in five years we might need to have a governing body and things to change but like right now i I guarantee if you go to different pros and whatever gravel world ends up being they're gonna say no that's actually the gravel world championship like, sorry, I don't know what race you guys just created, but that that was the hardest race this year, or that was yeah. the race that we wanted to make. Um, and I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see pros going, like, not going, and then saying, hey, we actually, we all got together and said, this is going to be the Gravel World Championships. And I think that's hard for people who, are like, kind of want to follow along and be a part of it. But the UCI is kind of, I think they're jumping, they, I think they think they're jumping in the shallow end, and they're jumping in the deep end. Yeah. So, I. I physically right now won't be there. Sorry, it's hard. Cool. The calendar's already big enough. I know, it's already I mean, enough exactly. races.
0: Exactly, man. That, what, you're gonna have three races on a weekend to choose from now. Already, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Already decision yeah. fatigue. I know exactly, man. Um, so I got just a couple more things, yeah. here, man. We we kind of talked about the future, um, but I did want to talk about. I mentioned this earlier. Cross racing, dude. Have you done any cross racing in the past? Not one. Okay. All right.
1: I because get asked. I get asked every year by different partners, and it's funny that I think it's because of the way I grew up, like that whole cross country and riding thing that I don't want to do it. I was like, really not to blow my own horn. I was good at both. And so I don't want to mix them together. And be bad in one <laughs> yeah. I just like, I, it's also like the only chance to actually have an off season. And I've For been sure. very happy to hold on to that. And like that whole balance thing to me, uh, you people can do it. Well, you look at Blevins, you look at Vanderpool, you look at Pidcock, um, but it is stressful and the longevity of it, in my opinion, is, is, is quite, you have something has to give to either saying, I'm going to give a little bit on mountain biking. or I'm going to give a little bit on road riding. or I'm going to give a little bit on cross. Something has to give. Um, and for me, it's just not taking the temptation to race cross. And that makes it easy. Never done it. For not sure. good. Not good enough. Can't do it.
0: And again, going back to what we just talked about, dude, more races on the calendar, man, you don't need more yeah. things out there.
1: Yeah. I, I, at that time of year I can be doing whatever I want to do, getting into yeah. the gym program and having a good time. That's awesome, man.
0: Um, so, dude, yeah, just w- one last thing, man. What, what, yeah. what advice do you give for anyone listening, man? Like, it, it could be general. It could be mountain bike, gravel, whatever. What's, or what's something that's helped you, a good piece of advice has helped you along the way?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that best piece of advice, I mean, I'll give it to you. Training-wise, we're just going to go back to it again, is, is balance. Like, it's, it's finding what you enjoy doing finding the parts that you need to work on. Like if you're not good at endurance or if you're not good at doing intervals, like making sure those days are the most planned out and easiest, set your clothing out, set your nutrition out, get on, get it done. Be happy with it. Like no matter what, if you went all out, be happy with it. Numbers, numbers don't matter. In my opinion, like numbers can be whatever they are. I can go from a stages to a cork to a whatever. And it's all going to be a little bit different. That's how it works. Like all you can do is compare to your own data on a, on the same power meter on a given same temperature day. Like it's, it's that weird, um, (laughs) in my opinion. And so it's, it's, it's being okay and finding the balance in, in that life with cycling. Um, if you are privateering, I think one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was understanding that you don't know what a company wants. You might think you do. You might think that, you know, that X company is promoting this. So that means that's what they want ask the question and then have the answer. Like, and I guess that we didn't really talk about that much, but that whole, like the entrepreneurial side that I felt like I had to learn from the road racing that I just didn't have to deal with any of that is that even if like straight up, even if it's a Shimano and I think I know what they're doing and I know where they're going. I don't every year that's changing and their goals, for what that, what, what they want to do is changed because the company has to move forward. Even if it will always be a bicycle drivetrain company, there's other things and other goals they want to hit, you know, and I think just not assuming, you know, what any anyone wants
0: is, is super important. That's awesome, man. Yeah, dude. I think that whole that's like the whole part of like that scene or, you know, it's it's, it's I'm going to say gravel, but it's more than that. But that people just don't don't know that peek behind the curtains, you know, of like talking to these companies, promoting these companies, going to the events, promoting yourself. Um, I think that'd be super interesting, man. I mean, maybe we'll do another chat sometime if you're free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think people would love to hit you know, that little peak.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a whole other area, but it's just, it's not, you know, you you are not, you're not selling helmets on social media. You know why? Because all those people that are following you have helmets. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, it's not that easy.
0: It's, dude, people don't think about that stuff. You know, that's, it's yeah. Oh man. No. Yeah. Dude, thank cool. you um of course. Dude, if people if people want to hit you up um are you on instagram and stuff i think you're on instagram
1: instagram right? you yeah. feel free to i mean i think instagram has an email on there too but like okay, that's either way i mean i'm always always open to chatting if they somehow can't get through just hit you can sweet, give dude. them my email like I'm, I, I don't I'll, know i'll link you
0: yeah. yeah when i when cool. i post this we'll post this everywhere i'll link you everywhere um thank you for chatting dude and good luck with uh with your upcoming races always thanks for the time josh thanks man i'll see you
1: see ya.